0: Hey folks, what is up? It's your girl Lo, aka Yellow Ranger, your host of You Had Me at Yellow, the show where Asian Americans can come and air it all out. Loud. You guys, it's May. I am so excited because it's Asian Pacific American Heritage Month. That's a mouthful. And <laughs> Mental Health Awareness Month. I'm super excited to celebrate both of these things so make sure you follow at yellow ranger on instagram and twitter that's at y l w r n g r on instagram and twitter because i'm going to be sharing a lot of cool things um in this episode i have my my lovely guest sophie Kano, and she is asian soph on instagram and she's also part of mixed present an awesome page that shares posts about the mixed um, community and all of that great stuff. So without further ado, here's my convo with Sophie. Thanks so much for doing this. Oh my god,
1: you're welcome. I'm, like, super excited. Um, ever since I actually followed your page, I was like, this chick seems mad cool. i <laughs> I'm friends with her one day.
0: <laughs> that is so cool. Thank you. Um, yeah, it, you're welcome. It's funny, because we've been messaging, and um, I'm not sure who, was someone on the Mixed... Uh, was it Mixed Present account? Was like, oh, you should reach out to um, self," and... Um, Like she would She does podcasts sometimes And I was like oh I've already been messaging with her
1: <laughs> Wait on um, this present?
0: Yeah someone was messaging me on
1: Oh you know what That's probably one of the other admins Cause I asked yeah. on that page Yeah it was probably Greg
0: Yeah I think so She was like yeah. oh I had to put you on I was like that's so funny um, Yeah
1: cause I told them to listen to your uh, First podcast episode Because I was like yo She's talking about um, the Black and the Asian experience, mm-hmm. and I was like, that, that's, like, something that I needed, like, to talk about with people, but it's so hard, especially it's if you so grow up with a lot of Black people.
0: Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what—I mean, my boyfriend is Black. Uh, like, a ton of my friends are Black, so it was, like—it was—I didn't even know we were going to go down that road when we started talking, but it was cool to get, like, the Black perspective and also, like, the Asian perspective— in like one yeah. room and like we're actually agreeing like yeah there's a problem
1: exactly and um, I've experienced that a lot with my friends just because the idea of like what um cultural appropriation is is like when one group has more power than another but Asians and blacks can technically have the same amount so they don't yeah. see it as problematic
0: yeah that's a good point mm-hmm. so yeah Thanks for listening. That's so amazing. I'm glad that it, like, hit home.
1: Yeah, no, for real. I was, like, sharing it with all my friends. I was like, you need to listen to this and then we can
0: talk about it. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. All Yeah. So, I'm just going to go through the questions and, you know, if we kind of veer off and, like, all that kind of stuff, we can just, you know, see where the convo goes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what a flow, girl. Um, What's your next Oh, I'm um 3 fourths Filipino and then the rest is some European, not really sure what. Oh, gosh. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, okay. so my my mom is half. Mm. yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Mhm. Um, um did, did you ever live in the Philippines? No, I haven't. Um uh, my parents moved here to New York when they were like teenagers oh. like in the 80s. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, we've always just been here in New York. Oh, that's cool. Where in New York are you from? Uh, Queens. Shout out! Yeah. Yeah. What area of Queens? Well, we started in Jamaica, and then we kind of lived um, a little bit all over, and then now we're in Long Island. Oh, gotcha. That's cool. Yeah. Represent... So, are you, you're over in Boston? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I live in oh, cool. Boston, Eagle Hill. Okay, cool, yeah. My boyfriend is from Worcester, so I go there oh. a bunch throughout the year. Yeah.
1: Oh, uh, Wait, does he live there?
0: No, he grew up there, and, like, all his family is there, but he's here in, in New York now. Gotcha, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, it's a little bit, it's probably, like, uh, maybe 45 minutes
0: away. Um, yeah, oh, okay. You, yeah, but the the do you guys come into the city ever? Um yeah, to Boston. I've been a I've been a couple times. Yeah, I like Boston a lot. Yeah, food's good. Yeah. And I had a cousin, she was living in Fall River for a while. And Oh yeah, that's cool. So I've been around the Massachusetts area. <laughs> yeah, nice. Awesome. So have you always been there?
1: Uh, no, actually, I moved around a lot when I was younger because mm-hmm. my my dad is kind of like your parents. He was born and raised in Tokyo, mm-hmm. and my parents actually met in Japan. My so mom was teaching English, but she wasn't his English teacher. They just met through a friend, mm-hmm. and um then they moved here when my dad was like in his late twenties.
0: Yeah,
1: I want to say I think, okay. and um yeah, super. So young. his yeah, his English wasn't that good even though he majored in English in college. <laughs> and uh, he had trouble like getting a job, so he had to move around so much. Like, my older sister was born in Maine. I was born in Iowa. Oh, and both wow. my younger siblings. Yeah, both my younger siblings were born in Little Rock, Arkansas. That's and then amazing. we moved to Providence. Cool. Yeah. So we lived in Providence, Rhode Island for, like, most of my, like, memorable childhood. Uh, but we moved around a lot when they first got here
0: hmm Gotcha. Wow. So you guys been around.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, um, my parents didn't like living in the South, um, mm-hmm. just cause interracial marriage wasn't as prominent as it is now. Mm-hmm. And just my, my dad like had a problem with, we were in areas where it was like either all white people or just like no diversity at all. And, Damn, um, yeah, yeah. And like he yeah, I remember um they were trying to they were like interviewing about whether or not to put us in a certain school and he asked he's like I know it was just all white kids and then so he had asked if there was other minority families that attended the school and their response was we are welcoming to all types of backgrounds and all kinds of people and you right. like yeah but I, I didn't ask you that I asked if there was other people here like that mm-hmm. and then we had gone to another school and at the time my sister and I didn't know english that well right. so we yeah so so i guess one of the teachers had told my my mom and my dad that we weren't learning English fast enough and that we needed to speak more English at home. Right. And it, and my mom didn't like that, so she took us out of that school, and we got put into another
0: one. Oh, wow, that's crazy.
1: Yeah, but I remember, like, the most prominent friend that I remember was, a, like, because then we ended up going to an inner-city school, and most of the kids, majority of them were African-Americans. So that's, mm-hmm. like, what I remember the most.
0: Yeah, yeah. Me too. Like I had a, like Queens has kind of like everyone. Like there's Spanish people, there's West Indian people, there's uh, black people, Span- I yeah. have Spanish Spanish, really Asians, <laughs> um, yeah. Caribbean people. So it's like you're all kind of mixed up. So I, I grew up with a lot of like people of color, mm-hmm. and like as, especially like people from immigrant families. So I I was kind of always around that. It was, it's kind of backwards because like when I went, when then, when we moved here to Long Island for uh, high school um that's when I started seeing more white kids and like hanging out with white people and I was like oh this is backwards like I'm so used yeah. to being I guess like for lack of a better term like the majority and there being yeah. more of us and then now it's like a handful of us and we all kind of like banded together you know like all the kids of color were are just like all yeah. friends with each other we're like yo the one other black kid the one other Asian kid That's crazy. and You know, where I grew up, I grew up mostly in Providence,
1: Rhode Island, and it was a city called Cranston, and it was split between east and west side. Mm -hmm. And the east side was super diverse, like uh, very similar to you. I grew up with a lot of islanders, a lot of Hispanic people. There was lots of Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, Mm -hmm. Haitians, Jamaicans, like Cape Verdeans, um, and lots of lots of Asians, not a lot of Japanese people, but there was lots of Chinese and Hmong people, Vietnamese, um, Cambodian. Oh, and so cool. my school was actually super diverse. And then on the West side, Trans West, there was very similar to you, like your Long Island experience. There was maybe like six minorities and they all like ate together. And, but they were like the most popular kids in school too, at the same time.
0: Mm-hmm. I do not know if
1: that was your experience in Long Island.
0: Um, well it was mainly white kids and then actually indian people there was a lot and Mm. so like everyone else was just like like who i was friends with so like the spanish people the other filipinos that were in you know the other asians and black people so it was very it was not a lot of us at all i would Mm. say I would yeah. hate that
1: I'm not it gonna was lie. like twenty
0: it was like maybe twenty of us. It was cool because like we um there's this thing called um international what is it international Culture Club, which is kind of ironic since it wasn't that diverse, but
1: and so it was just y'all
0: <laughs> it was us, but then all the Indian kids right so it was uh, okay. it was kind of funny, so it was like we had a like a talent night or whatever like a like a show. And mm-hmm. so like all 90% of the performances, you know, the Indian kids and then the rest of the, the rest of the show is us. So we kind of banded together. <laughs> so it was like 90% like, you know, Indian cultural dance and music and all that awesome stuff. It was really dope to like see that culture, you know. But then yeah. and then and then there was us. <laughs> so <laughs> But so. that but that's good cuz at least
1: Indians there were other Asians around. Yeah, you know?
0: for sure, but they were they're very much like they were they're definitely really open people, but they they stuck with each other, you know what I mean? Which is kind of like what we did too, but yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I think that I think that's the difference. Sometimes I find that more mixed um kids because you already have to be so open-minded and, like, look at different perspectives in the first place. Like, especially in my house, it was always, like, an East versus West situation because my mom was European-American, and my dad obviously grew up in a completely different place. Mm -hmm. So you already have to be empathetic to different viewpoints and just, like, how different, how they grew up differently and just understanding of that in the first place. So I find that mixed people tend to be a little bit more Open-minded, but also yeah, you can almost fit in with any group.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree with that because it's like you're already coming from different groups, so you're more understanding because you kind of grew up in the the mindset where it's like that's normal, you know?
1: Exactly. And so, um, like a lot of people, I find, you know, it's really common. A lot of people like to interact with people who are like them. Yeah, and I find that miss people a lot of people because you don't for me in particular i get told that i look hispanic a lot because i have curly hair Uh and i and i look a little bit more ambiguous because i don't have i i have like asian shaped eyes but i don't have a monolith like my little sister
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: i'm definitely not like i'm more built like um my like i'm really muscular and stuff um and I'm taller, like, I'm 5'8", so I, I definitely don't fit the same as, the, like, the traditional Asian girl standard.
0: Oh, yeah, totally. So, like, I'm right there with you.
1: Yeah, so, like, people almost, like, are like, well, I know she's a person of color, but I'm not sure what in particular she is. So it's right. almost like you can't get put in that box. So people just, I find that people are more comfortable because they know that I'm something and I might be what they are.
0: Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? No, I totally get what you're saying. Because, like, with me, I don't look like a typical, like, Filipino person or Asian person in general. I look more Spanish. So yeah. that's part of the reason why I have so many Spanish friends is because initially they thought I was Spanish. And then yeah. you, you kind of go from there. Like, and the thing with Filipinos is that we have Spanish-sounding, last we have Spanish last names because... Spain conquered, colonized up. By Spain. Yeah, yeah, for like three hundred years. So it's like we picked some stuff up. <laughs> yeah, and like some of your language sounds, like yeah, too. yeah, exactly. So a lot of a lot of our culture is like reminiscent of of that um, of that time period. So, so yeah, like yeah. and even I,
1: some of the food.
0: Yeah, for sure. Some of the food, the religion. Like the uh, Filipinos are super Catholic. All that kind
1: yeah. of stuff. yeah. I grew up with a lot of Filipinos, um, and that's like something that I always notice. Like whenever um, I'm, like you know how Asians always ask, like what what kind of Asian are you? Yeah, uh, I'm, I always just go, what's your last name? <laughs> yeah, like, oh, you're
0: Filipino. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, I mean, I've always kind of so I've always kind of struggled with like like being Asian American because I didn't. Luck Asian, so I wasn't like automatically, you know, put in that group to other people. And it wasn't mm-hmm. until recently that I was like actually like you, like owning it more. You know what I mean? Yeah, like how recently? Um, I was saying like the last five years because I would always just be like I'm Filipino. You know what I mean? And it's funny like I looked there was like this stat and it was some crazy percentage of um, Filipino Americans in LA. That they don't even consider themselves to be Asian American; they consider themselves to be Pacific Islanders. It was something. Uh, well, that makes sense. It me,
1: does. A- AAPI, like I consider as one group. Yeah. But I know, I know, there's that whole like lighter versus darker like jungle Asian versus fancy Asian situation. Yeah. So I don't, I don't actually use those terms. I mm-hmm. use it as like a joke. But all my Filipino friends, I feel like, are way more fancy than I am. <laughs>
0: Fancy. That's funny. Yeah. I think it also has to do with like how how people always always um assume that Asians are just East Asians. So yeah. that might carry over into like our own communities where it's like, oh, if I'm not these if I'm not East Asian, then I'm not Asian American. You know what I mean? I've yeah. come across then, that for sure. Yeah. And also, um, I know a lot of Hispanic
1: cultures have this, well, I mean, a lot of Asian cultures, too, mm-hmm. this, this like, fetishizing of lighter tones, lighter mm, skin tones.
0: Colorism, yep.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, um I mean, that's probably something that's similar between Asians and Hispanics, mm-hmm. and even, like, some black communities, too. So, like, do you feel like that plays into it also?
0: I think so. Because there's definitely colorism. I'll just speak for um, Filipinos for for sure, like in terms of like being darker and like having lighter skin tones. Like they have whitening soap that they sell that's really popular and like even, even darkening your hair, you know what I mean? So oh, there's like this terrible. standard of, yeah, it's really crazy. It's like this standard of beauty in the Philippines where it, it is it is ideal to look more East Asian, you know what I mean? And even you'll notice on TV, I didn't notice it till you know, I got older. And I was more, like, aware of certain things when it comes to, like, colorism. But if you turn on the TV, you'll notice that most of the people on TV are lighter or not as dark. You know what I mean? And you're just like, as a Filipino, you're like, yo, there's so many of us that are just straight up brown. <laughs> Hell like are yeah. not even like I'm even going to the channel in the Philippines or like Filipino channels and like not even seeing us being represented correctly. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, which I think is is so crazy. And on top of that, like having colorism play into it, and also the fact that Asian Americans aren't even really represented. On TV Mm -hmm. or like in media or education or anything
0: like that in general, yeah,
1: must like almost have a double damaging effect, yeah, that we don't even talk about.
0: Yeah, I know it's so true. It's like it's only, I feel like it's only till recently, since we've been getting more shows and movies um, with Asian American like leads Mm -hmm. and characters, that we've been talking about it more. Exactly. Did and you see
1: Crazy Rich Asians?
0: Yeah, of course.
1: Yes. Yeah. Well, did you know? Like, one of the series um, focuses more on the Filipino um, experience. Like, a, one of it's like a three book series. Yeah, I've and read one them. of the books. Yeah. So, I mean, hopefully, we'll see more of that. I would love that. That would be awesome. Yeah, I, I loved really it. Yeah, I think especially. Um, in the, within the Asian community, we need to talk about colorism with our, within ourselves, um, but, and we also need to talk about representation as well, but we need to talk about how we only represent a certain kind of Asian yes. majority of the time. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the biggest reason why I, in particular, advocate for this is because when you're mixed, you're, we always say on mixed present, you're a minority within a minority. Mm, so we're already I love underrepresented. That. <laughs> yeah. We're already underrepresented as it is. So in that way I can relate to the fact that in addition to like being mixed, you also don't have the the actual Filipino representation that you need for, you know, whatever other Asian um, that, we need to be seeing. And I, for me, I've been a huge advocate about that my whole life because
0: mm-hmm.
1: if you grow up not seeing people who look like you sound like you have similar experiences to you reading about people like you, seeing people like you, then you, you subconsciously grow up with this idea that it's not a social problem, which is what it is. Yeah. It's a me problem. Like there's something wrong with me. So, you, yeah. so I think that that's how, like, for example, a lot of people talk about, um, after Crazy Rich Asians, uh, they talk about Aquafina and her black sense. Mm. And, and I find that there's a lot of Asians who actually are like that because, mm-hmm. w- like, when you don't have someone to look at that's like you, you kind of have to go to your next. Most common, yes. Like, the next group that you have a lot in common with, yes. Well, a lot of us that is, black people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which I'm not saying we have the same historical struggles or anything like that. Like I don't or want validating to validating it
0: or anything. Yeah, it's just like it's just like that's a fact. When you find people of color, we usually are around each other. You know what I mean? So exactly. That's, that's a really good point because. I have found people who think that, you know, Aquafina is problematic in that sense, but it's just like she's a product of her environment. Like I know where she grew up. Like we're both from Queens. I know. I know what she's what what she has been around. So it's just like if she feels a need to have her persona be around, you know, that kind of like blackness or whatever it just makes sense. You know what I mean? And, that, and that's like, why are we not validating, like, that's just who she is? You know what I mean? Like, she's not trying to be more black or more Asian or whatever. Like, she, why can't she be a product of both environments? You know what I mean? Yeah, and
1: it's not it's not saying that she's trying to pass as black. I think that yeah.
0: bec- because
1: Asians just haven't had that representation when you're, when you're hitting your hormonal period and you're trying to figure out who you are as a person and you don't see people who are like you and the closest thing that you have to mirror yourself from is like your parents or your family. You're not gonna, like you don't want to be like them when you're 13. Mm-hmm. That's just like what the simple fact is. So you have to find something that you can identify with and a lot of times like, I mean, I know you talked about your first podcast episode, how hip hop played, plays into a lot of Asian Americans' life. Yeah. And I, I could fully relate to that. Mm -hmm. Um, everyone knows, like anyone who knows me knows how big of a hip hop, like an old school hip hop head that I am. And like Mm -hmm. you guys mentioned, you talked about Enter the the Wu Tang 36 Chambers. Mm -hmm. You guys talked about that studio album, which is still one in my top, my top three favorite albums, but. At the same time, I have this thought about, is this okay? Yeah. But I still like it because I feel like there's a lot that I'm like, okay, well, I'm getting my touches of Asian in there because, you know, I like to joke like the beginning of Bring um, the Ruckus. There's like that um, dialogue going <laughs> yeah where like the Shaolin and the Wu-Tang could be dangerous. Uh, <laughs> do you think your Wu-Tang sword can defeat me? I'm like, oh, I feel like I'll find my soulmate when I can say that on a date and someone will like say it back to me. <laughs> but, but like, I feel like because I get those touches of Asian, mm-hmm. like we can relate to that.
0: Yeah. And, like I get you. Even
1: some of the movies and stuff like that, but it's still not the same thing. But for some reason it's not problematic when it's, Set up that way when it's like a a black cultural thing, yeah, and they they take Asian influence versus when we say something like when we talk about Aquafina and her black scent and or like how hip hop played into our lives or anything like that. That for some reason is more problematic.
0: Yeah, it was like that video with um with um Kendrick and SZA or whatever. Um, and they were kind of like... It was like the Kung Fu culture, you know, how he calls himself Kung Fu Kenny. And I was like, I love those two, but it's like, is this problematic? Like, should I be mad right now that they're, like, ripping off Asian culture? But you, exactly. you, you make a really good point where it's like we have to hold each other accountable for these kinds of things because it's like, okay, fine. Like Yeah, and, and even if
1: it's problematic, I don't think that we we should recognize the kind of influences that we take from each other and Mm -hmm. recognize why we take that influence. I found like, for example, like I used to date a guy who, um, I don't talk to anymore, obviously, but he, and I used to be friends with some people who were, um, who were black Americans who I'm not really friends with anymore because they were like, you do not have the same history in America that we do so you can't say that we're being problematic and whatever experience that I would bring to the table, mm-hmm. it was like I was taking away from their own argument and we couldn't talk about that. And why am I bringing that up? That has nothing to do with anything that they're talking about. And it was very like shutting down how I was feeling as an Asian American in mm-hmm. America. Mm-hmm. And it, it was, it was really, really tough. i um, like, one my ex-boyfriend called me a filthy jack once and thought he was being funny and I like tried to correct him on that yeah and he just like went off on me and thought he had the right to be angry that I was offended that he said that and I was just like, why? Like, like why do you, like, you think that's okay
0: yeah that's like I would be so shocked I'd be like wait a minute what like what are you talking about like what,
1: <laughs> yeah, and a lot of people actually didn't know that Jack was a racial slur. they don't yeah, know it's the true.
0: it's it's so true, yeah, like people people throw these words around like even chink and like gook and all that kind of stuff, and it's just like or even or even I spoke about it in the first episode where um some people call Asian girls lingling. Ling.
1: Oh girl, I threw my hands in the air when you said that. No. Like <laughs> one more
0: fucking person called me leering. Oh my god, it's so oh. annoying. And it's like, I I've been lucky enough where like it that, that I've never had that term said to me. But I can only imagine if somebody used that term to describe me or someone like I knew, I will I will pop off. I'd be like, are you serious right now? That's like the worst thing exactly. that you could say. Yeah,
1: and like. And the thing that killed me that I always have to tell people is not all Asians in America are Chinese. Yes. So let's start there.
0: And Mm
1: -hmm. um, just, oh, you know what, on the playlist at my job, that song, New Thing by French Montana and Remy Ma Mm -hmm. is on the, I don't know if you've heard it, but they've got this line in there that says, got my Chinese joint, that's my wu Yes. And every time it comes on, I'm like, if any of y'all ever call me your Wu-Tang, I will not sing a face. Absolutely
0: sucks. not. It sucks because it's like, it's all these artists that I love. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, why is that not
1: problematic?
0: Like, why are we not? It's because, it's. and I always say this, it's because we have we have to talk about it more. Like, the more we talk about it, the more we point people out like, hey, that's not right. Like, okay, yeah, this song is really popping, but... That right there, what she said is super problematic, and this is why. And this is what you should say instead, which is not that. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. And you know, you know, in ter- also talking about being underrepresented, um, I always talk about this with the other admins on the page, but everyone thinks the default for mixed people is black and white. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, you mentioned that; people- it's very true. Hmm. And so I'm like, absolutely not. Like we got to represent everybody within this community. I mean, we're already a small community as it is, and we're. I feel like a lot more mixed people are coming forward, and we're really trying to unify and band together, which is great. But I find that a lot of pages that you know, like Instagram pages or social media pages that um, try to spotlight mixed people contribute to the fetish fetish fetishization of them mm. in a way. Like they always represent like the black and white mixed girl who has like the green eyes and the good really mm-hmm. curly hair mm-hmm. and like doesn't represent other mixes,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which I'm not a fan of, um mm-hmm. because I feel like we're all, like if we all understand that we need to be represented like every single person of color needs to be represented better in this society we should be contributing to the uplift of all of those people. I think it spans across not just being mixed, but also spans across like what racial group you're in or, mm-hmm. or just anything like that. Yeah. And I think I, I find like in my case being multiracial has had that direct result on me as a person. Like I'm really outspoken. I'm an activist. I'm a feminist, mm-hmm. businesswoman. woman. I like sports. Um, but, I'm very, the way that I am is because I was mixed, because I grew up with these two different cultures in my face all the time. And just having to figure out who I was within those cultures has mm-hmm. been really difficult. And do you find that, like, do you, did you ever go
0: back to the Philippines? Yeah, I did when I was 17. All uh,
1: right. Did you feel like people treated you like you weren't Filipino?
0: Oh, yeah, a thousand percent. Cause like it was funny because I I went, I can understand the Tagalog Filipino, so mm-hmm. when I I got like my hair done with my mom and she doesn't look Filipino at all she looks like European or like Spanish if if anything, and so we went together and I was getting my hair washed or whatever and then you could she, I could hear them talking about me because they assumed that I wasn't Filipino. And so oh, I was like, I was kind of, I didn't say anything cause they didn't say anything bad. They were just commenting on my hair and like my lashes or whatever, something random. And, but then I remember thinking, I was like, wait, like I'm Filipino too, you know? So, and I always say it like when you go back home or whatever, they can smell America on you. And like, they always equate America with like having money
1: so Um, gotcha
0: if you move from the philippines to the states and you come back it's like there's this expectation of like oh so you're making money now like what's the deal you know yeah Yeah. well
1: i find that when i go to japan and i think it's because a lot of asian countries they're just homogenous so everybody looks alike Mm -hmm. and and I know in a lot of Asian countries, um, I don't know how it is specifically in the Philippines, but I know it is specifically like this in like Japan and Korea and a lot of other places. Mm-hmm. People don't have conversations. So the things that they connect about with people are really slow. So mm-hmm. the way that you look is one of them. So a lot of times people will be like, I don't, I don't even know like how to talk to you. And I'm like, why? Yeah. Why? Like, that's crazy. And, like, whenever I go to Japan, people always say things like, oh, your Japanese is so good, or you're so good with chopsticks. Right. And I like, I'm, I'm Japanese. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> Way I look at that, Yeah. I think that, that it's problematic problem in itself, and the problem is Japanese people don't talk about the things that they need to They talk about the dark spots in their society, like mm. how rampant sexism is in their society, or... Mm-hmm. um the colorism in their society or just anything like that. And um, I find like when I'm in America, because I'm so enthusiastic and I'm so like proud to be mixed, but I'm also so proud to be Asian mm-hmm. um, because I, obviously my dad was a fob. So I grew up with a lot of Japanese traditions instilled within me. So I feel very Japanese.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I, people treat me like I'm, like the ambassador to japan
0: sometimes <laughs> me too yeah and, and i feel like, like I it happens in the black community too where it's like okay if there's like have you do you watch the show insecure Yes, yeah, i love Insecure. yeah oh so God. you know how like they always default Wait, to her say, <laughs> oh yeah 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 and can i just say ether ray whatever skin care you're doing right can you share that what is going on there like do you <laughs> just drink mad water like what's happening She's beautiful.
1: Yeah. But yeah, like they default straight to her. But Just because yeah,
0: like they're dealing with black kids and she's the only black coworker they have. It's like, oh my God.
1: Yeah, but I find like when people do it to me it's more out of respect because they They don't want you to know like, oh, like, she's mm-hmm. Japanese. Yeah, and they they they're not doing it to be problematic. But when I go to Japan ah. people don't treat me like I'm Japanese. So that difference is mm-hmm. almost like in America I find that I've I've always been so proud of like who I am and like my background, but in Japan, I almost sometimes feel like I've recently, like in the last couple of years, because I go back every year to see mm-hmm. like my grandma and stuff. Because my dad's the only one in America, but I
0: find oh, cool. that I
1: yeah, I've just decided not to care. You know, because it's like
0: whatever. you have to at some point because because then because then everything gets to you. You know what I mean? And it's like you have to like kind of exactly. pick your you have to pick your battles because right now in this moment, yes, there's a lot of change happening. Yes, there's a lot of acceptance and like more understanding. But like representation of us is not where it needs to be. So, so when things happen like like wa- whitewashing of our roles. Like um, in movies and things like that, it's it's gonna keep happening until it doesn't. You know what I mean? So yeah, and that invo- requires us to be
1: very outspoken about that stuff mm-hmm. and to say something and to not just sit back and take it. Yeah, like,
0: because we can't we can't like the model minority myth is that like we're not gonna speak up, we're model citizens, we're this, we're that, but we can't play into those tropes because then. Like, people will think it's true. So, we have to stand, like you said, we have to speak up and stand up for ourselves when, A, we're not being represented correctly or, you know, people are appropriating our culture in like a negative way. So,
1: yeah. And, yeah. and I I find that I'm really aggressive about that um, mm-hmm. because I, you know, I think with me in particular, um, I have an expectation about how I expect others to treat me. And I'm like really like strong about that. And Mm -hmm. so, and I think it's because I grew up seeing so many microaggressions against my father and not seeing them against my mother. Mm -hmm. And it took me, you know, when you're younger, you don't have the words for what that is. Mm -hmm. And it took me so long to like finally be able to express it's because she's white and he's not, and he's a foreigner. Right. And, and I think because, you're automatically just exposed to just these multiple perspectives and viewpoints for every single situation. And you, when you actively see your parents get treated differently by people mm-hmm. and then you as their child get fetishized, mm. Yeah, it, it, it all simulates to me being very outspoken and like, right. And, And it just helped me become very vocal about how I expect others to treat me and the people around me and the people within Mm -hmm. my community. And because I did find there was this vacuum Mm -hmm. of Asians just not saying what they needed to say.
0: I agree, yeah.
1: And I think, and at a, correct me if I'm wrong, this might be relevant to your parents also, but the thing with my dad is he didn't he didn't grow up here, so he doesn't understand racial power hierarchy in America.
0: Yeah, it's true, he, it's true. They understand it in terms of, like, people being racist against them as, like, others or, like, foreigners, you know what I mean? So they understand it on that level, but they don't understand it in terms of, like, the history behind it and mm-hmm. and, like, the the, like, yeah, like, how it still affects government to this day. Yeah, and and my dad wouldn't even be, like, say it's
1: because he was a foreigner. He'd be like, oh, it's just because I have an accent, or because my English isn't good. And honestly, Mm. like, compared to other Japanese people that I've met, he, Mm -hmm. like, doesn't have a typical accent. Like, he's very easy to understand. He's worked a lot on it. Mm -hmm. And, And he would almost default it straight to that, rather than saying it's because I'm not, maybe it's not... Because I'm not from this country. Because he didn't want to make an excuse as to why
0: he had to struggle so hard. Mm, I see. And so I it's like, that oh, it's it's because of that. It's not because of who, like, where I'm from. I see what you're saying.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like he didn't want to use racism or prejudice as an excuse as to why he had to try so much harder than other people. Yeah,
0: it's true. I have to sometimes explain certain nuances um, with like not just my parents, but like you know people in the generation before us um, about race and like why it's so important to like be so candid about it now you know what i mean like exactly especially um, especially like anti-blackness in the asian community like i've had, oh. i've had to really i've dealt with it firsthand and really had to uh, like talk about that and it sucks because it's just like the side of our culture that nobody really likes talking about or like shedding light upon, but it's true, you know. It's something that's pretty prevalent with yeah. maybe maybe not so much our generation, but like generations before us. And it's just about like correcting it now, yeah, and like getting mm-hmm. and getting to like the root of that and understanding. I think that mm-hmm. the
1: biggest reason that I think. I think I'm big about purpose, like what is people's purposes in the world? And I think um, for me in particular, especially my experiences as an individual, I just find that being mixed, you tend to just be more empathetic, especially in certain yeah. situations of prejudice or, you know, colorism or anything like that, because you just have to see different perspectives all the time. And I know I've said that, but I'm going to keep saying it. Yeah, And, and um, like, because we're we have this exposure to that just it's easy to understand how other people feel and how other groups feel mm-hmm. and it it's easy to just be i think unfortunately as it is like mixed people tend to be more accessible to people who are not people of color
0: mm. Interesting.
1: and it's, mm-hmm. and i don't want to say it in like a way of like it's like we're a watered down version of that group. Cause I don't mm-hmm. think of it that way. Yeah. Um, and I, I also um, don't say things like, I don't like to say like I'm half Japanese. I like yeah, to say that. I'm, I was going to say I'm that. Japanese. Yeah. yeah. I like to say I'm Japanese, German, Scottish, and Welsh. I like to say I'm multiracial. Yeah. That's um, a I good
0: point because it's like, you're not half anything. You know what I mean? Like, even though like, exactly. Like the percentages line up that way. It's like, you're still full whatever you are, you know?
1: Yeah. Like you're able to be a full member of each of those cultures without having to just feel like you're only a little bit a part of it or you, or you're not even a part of it, you know? Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm.
1: And and I find that that's a struggle with a lot of mixed people. Like just feeling like they're wholly accepted for who they are. And, um, I think we still have a a long way to go as a society when we talk about mixed people, but, just, I feel like mixed people tend to be more accessible. And maybe that's why, because a lot of people that I know are mixed are super, super vocal about their experiences and how they feel about certain things. Yeah. I do you find that that's similar with you?
0: Um, hmm. I don't know. I think it's both. I think it's both. Like, how about you?
1: I think, and maybe this could be because a lot of Asian Americans need to be more outspoken, but I find that a lot of, I'm, I'm, I, a lot more mixed Asians tend to be more vocal
0: than Mm. full Asians, you know? I think it's, I think it's both, but I think you're right that there is more of a percentage of like mixed people, but I've come across both. So it's kind of hard to say like, Mm -hmm. um, I know there's a ton of like Filipino American um groups that really speak out and really protest and really get out there, but then there's also like the Filipinos that don't and don't mm-hmm. like see the value of it. So I would say in my experience I've seen both. But that's interesting. Mm-hmm. To kind of see Yeah. yeah.
1: Well yeah, I think it, it it really depends and maybe it would've been different if I grew up around more Japanese people or Japanese Americans. Um but I, that's just what I found to be true, like, in my case. But I think as a whole, AAPI people have definitely stepped up their vocalization in the past few years, especially mm-hmm. and when instant, when it was most important. So we talked whitewashing in Hollywood. So yeah. when, like, Ghost in a Shell came out. Oh, and yes. I, I still, like, can't even... <laughs> the fact that Scarlett Johansson like agreed to take on a role mm-hmm. where she is not Japanese is just, it's just crazy to me. And I remember I told my dad about it and, uh, you know, I told him her mm-hmm. name and he was just like, Oh my God. Like she has like that. She doesn't even look like that. Like if you're going to make her have to dye her hair black anyway yeah. and like do some crazy eye makeup just higher.
0: Yeah. Just hire someone who fills (laughs) them. No, and did you see that she she even um was gonna take a transgender role and then she withdrew from it because of like all the backlash? I was like, Why don't you know like who is in your team that is like, Yeah, that's a good idea. You should do that, girl. Like who is doing (laughs) (laughs) like you need to get them off your team because they are not setting Can you, you up yeah they're not no. setting you up girl because obviously your pulse is your, your finger is not on the pulse of like what is okay like what roles are okay to yeah. take and uh, I don't know it sucks because she, like before that I was a fan of hers I was like okay like when it yeah, first came out staying in her lane. yeah when it first came out that she was going to take this role I was like oh that's interesting and then I looked into it more and I and I you know, I wasn't really familiar with the story, but once I got familiar with the story, I was like, okay, this is kind of messed up, guys. Like,
1: <laughs> Yeah. And um, I remember I showed my picture, the picture of her, like, when the first, like, previews of it came out, I showed it to my dad. I was like, you want to know what her name is? And he was like, what? Because he, he doesn't watch Ghost in the Shell. Right. And I was like, her name her name's Motoko Kusunagi, and he was like, what? <laughs> he was like, that's a Japanese name. And I was like, yeah, he was like, why didn't Why don't they just cast somebody who is Mm -hmm. actually Japanese? And I was like, because, um, I was like, there's this idea in America that people won't watch an Asian person on the screen. And my dad, Mm -hmm. he just doesn't have words for that. And whenever, and I hate this when, um, like news reporters and stuff ask people from, like they ask people from Japan what they they call Mm it, Johansson. I was like, they don't understand. The nuances. Power, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's true. Like that, I was like, yeah, I was like, they're feeling, I was like, they're used to having movies where everybody's full, definite <laughs> because they live in a homogenous country. We don't yeah, have yeah. That here. It's different. You there are is no, like, American. different. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Exactly. And that is something I'm going to continue to say because even when Crazy Rich Asians came out,
0: mm-hmm.
1: there was all that backlash because the main actor, he was half. He was, a, he was mixed Asian. He right. Was, and, and, um, the Eurasian population in Singapore is actually really huge. Like they have their, their own like racial classification there. That's how big it is. And they have their own cuisine and everything. Right. So the fact that people were like, well, we asked people from Singapore, like, about, like, the representation, and they think, and we asked, like, Asian Americans about that representation, and I was like, I get what you're saying, but, like, you can't just say that half Asians are suddenly just not people.
0: Right. I agree. And, it goes, like, going back to what you are saying with your dad, like, not really, like, or just like Japanese people not really getting the the nuances or whatever. Like I had that similar experience where I was trying to explain to someone who was like a generation above us, um, about why it's wrong for like Hollywood to whitewash our roles. And I was explaining to them like all the all the examples, you know, like Doctor Strange, um, that oh, Aloha movie with Emma wall. Stone, yeah, the Great Wall, uh, the Great Wall, and like why this is problematic, like why we should be casting them with Asian people, and they didn't really understand it, and it's like it was kind of tricky because I was like, okay, let's say it was a like the the Filipino president, an old Filipino president, and they cast it with a white person. And they were like, oh, but does it look like them? And I was like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, they're not even Filipino. And this role is, is like, it can't be anything else. Like, the race can't be anything else but Filipino. Do you get what I mean? So it's like, you're, exactly, you're playing like a person that represented the country, like, to the world. So do you get why that's problematic? And they were sort of getting it. But it's just true. If you didn't grow up here, um, certain, certain things like that, don't really resonate and you're just like oh what's the problem like you know
1: exactly and um, just what, going back to every movie you just mentioned it was mm-hmm. just crazy to me and aloha Emma. Aloha. Emma first of all yeah. Ka- Cameron Crowe When what world does Emma Stone look like she could remotely even no. be half Asian like, like super what
0: blonde too and like even even in the... I I read that she was supposed to be part Hawaiian or part Asian or whatever, like a,
1: but it's she like... She was, like, half, half white and then a quarter Hawaiian and a quarter Chinese. Like, her last name was Ng or something like that. Yeah.
0: But but to that point, it's like... It's like... Okay, even though she's supposed to be mixed or whatever, she... Did, did, in that whole movie, did they ever allude to that? I don't remember. I don't remember. They did. Like, they did. Yeah, but uh, I guess they did. But it's what you're saying. Like well, I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of tricky that be, way. Yeah, she's
1: supposed to be like really proud of it in the movie, and she's mm-hmm. just like, yeah. So um, I'm a quarter Hawaiian and mm-hmm. I'm a quarter Chinese. That's why my last name is Ng, or whatever. And she's like really proud about it. And at one point, Bradley Cooper's character is like, oh yeah, does she? They're like he's like talking with somebody else, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I should tell you, yeah, she's a quarter Hawaiian, quarter quarter Chinese, or whatever." And I was like, "You couldn't have cast like Olivia Munn. At least she's half Chinese. At least she looks
0: like she looks like she would be, you know? Yeah, it's so true. and yeah. I, I get it. Like, there's not going to be someone who's going to have that exact same genetic makeup that you're going to find who's like equally talented. Blah blah blah. But at least try. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, you could have casted a half Asian. Like you don't. I'm not saying you had to find
1: someone who was a quarter
0: Hawaiian, quarter (laughs) Chinese. Exactly. Like I get it. It's not that. It's not that deep, you know. But exactly, and half Asians
1: exist that are good actors. It's like and uh, George Takei, he played the original Mister Sulu in Mm -hmm. Star Trek. He was actually asked about the Ghost in the Shell situation, and he was like, Mm -hmm. and the biggest thing about this, and he was just like. The Ghost in the Shell story is an inherently Japanese story. Mm -hmm.
0: It's
1: Japan. It was post-war Japan. They needed to uplift themselves. So they talked about, it was a story about technology and pride and being Japanese and being smart and being innovative. And that's why that story is so important. And the fact that producers didn't even, didn't even consider like, you know, Rinko Kikuchi is, is a well-known Japanese actress who was in, American movies like you could yes. have casted her. Mhm. Like Yeah. It's crazy. I think it's crazy even considered for the part.
0: Yeah. I've even asked like a couple of people on I've had on the podcast that, episodes that are coming out um who are actors and who do go through the audition process and I'm like is it changing? Like are you still getting roles where you're asked to do an accent or you don't even have one naturally. Like, is is it changing out there? And I would say they, it's, it's a mix. So some say, yeah, like there's better roles out there. We're not just like the sidekick or we're not just like the best friend or whatever. Like there's more roles coming out. And but there's also people who's like, yeah, I was asked to do an accent and I was really conflicted. And it, it really sucked that I had to go through that. So yeah, it's like and, and it's like change is coming, but it's just gonna come with time. I think.
1: Yeah, and I think um, especially when Crazy Rich Asians came out, it had a very similar effect to how black how Black Panther was received, which you know, yes, it maybe represented just Chinese Americans. I mean, they said they were Chinese in the movie, so we mm-hmm. had to just accept that. But at the same time. Like we've never had a movie. I mean, since nine, since the Joy Luck Club came out. So since I was born, it was born, insane. Like, yeah, where everybody on screen gets to be Asian. They mm-hmm. don't have to have some crazy accent. Mm-hmm. They don't have to be the stereotypical side character who's good at ping pong. Who's never the hot guy who gets yep. the girl. Like, I literally was like, people literally think hot Asians don't exist. Is this real life?
0: It's and crazy. Like, even the I, whole emasculation of Asian men in general is nuts.
1: Oh, it's it's so intense, and I just don't understand where, where this thought came from, because I'm sure, like, everybody knows a very hot Asian. Like, at least, you have to know at least one. Mm-hmm. And and that's why I really like that movie because it did so much representation across the it board did. for it different definitely types did. of Asians. Yeah. and I think for me it was important to see someone like Aquafina because I identified with her the most. Like literally, yeah. when she <laughs> came on screen and was doing her I thing, was dead. <laughs> yeah. Well, my friend that I was with, who was also Filipino, shout out to my friend Chris. He was like. Why is she you? And I was like, this is so <laughs> important. Because she's just so eccentric and she's so loud and she's just so present. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Asian girls don't ever get to be that role. Don't ever I know.
0: Be that. I know. And so confident and just like unapologetically themselves.
1: Yeah, and it's just so important for us to see people like that because if I had that when I was younger, I might have developed into the woman that I am a lot faster mm-hmm. and not been afraid to do so.
0: Yeah, that's why I'm so obsessed with her because, like, she's from where I'm from, I get how she grew up, like, she even talks about how her her grandma's like, not impressed with her career sometimes <laughs> Yeah, and things like that and just, like, she's had a crazy year. of of growth like even being in oceans eight i was just like yo just the fact that someone who grew up like me is out there doing it's just like it's such a good sign because the only way we can go from here is up and more shows will come out and more movies will come out that really accurately present us and that's that's exciting
1: Exactly. And, you know, I went to a point in my life where I considered going into acting. I used to love drama and like theater and things like that. And mm-hmm. my dad actually had a very real convo with me about not, that's not a real path to pursue in terms of yep. career. Yep. Which a lot of, you know, Asians have heard things like that, especially Asians who want to get into the arts or yep. anything like that. Because I've there's not it. a lot of money in it.
0: That's yeah. what I've heard. It's just like, oh, you're not going to make any money doing art. I was like I'm the kind of person who's like, "Oh, and someone tells me no, I'm just like I just want to prove them wrong." Exactly. And then I end up you end up learning like you have to do it for you, you know? So <laughs> it's just kind of like
1: Yeah. At the same time, if we don't see people who are doing the things that we want to do and we see, we don't see people who look like us that are being successful doing those things. Yeah. It's it's so discouraging in a way because you're like, okay, well, I mean, I don't see Asians that are being actors and actresses and being successful or being TV hosts and being successful. So I guess I'll just be a doctor because that's. That, that I know will make money for me or yeah, I'll be a lawyer or it's just things like that, um, mm-hmm. that get pushed on us. And then that continues to, continue to enable the model minority myth. Mm. So it all plays into one another. This idea that Asians make more money than other racial groups, which I think is nuts. It's, I, whenever people bring this up to me, I'm like, that's not true because I don't think it's taking into account the first and second generations of Asians that are coming, that have come to this country
0: mm. because
1: most of those, those groups don't have money.
0: Exactly.
1: Because they had to start completely over from scratch with almost nothing. And um, they just did it unapologetically like, just wore themselves through to be successful, to try different businesses, to just see what they could do to be successful. Because I think that a lot of Asians do play into the idea of what they think the American dream is.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And because they just come and they come on their grind. And, you know, we talked about how they don't accept prejudice and, and racism as an excuse for why they're not being successful. They just keep going. Right. They don't realize they're trying 50 times as hard
0: as a white person would have to. Yeah, absolutely. And that's like a thing that we've um <laughs> it's, a, it's a thing that we like had to deal with where it's like you have to work twice as hard as your like white counterparts because the opportunities and the and the chances are not as bountiful for you, you know? Exactly. And, and it's like, damn, we already worked so hard.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I I have a question. Did yeah. You, like what was your timeline growing up in terms of how you identified yourself as a as a person?
0: Um, I always knew I was Filipino. and growing up. And and then I found out later on that I was mixed, like in, in my teen like when I was like eighteen. Mm-hmm.
1: Like, then, what was it that triggered that?
0: Um well my mom just pretty much decided to share it, like, oh actually I'm not hundred percent Filipino. I was like, What? So that kind of <laughs> so that kind of <laughs> um switched not not like totally changed my perception of myself, but it kind of shifted where I was like, Oh, okay. So there's this other part of me. And then recently, mm-hmm. like I was saying, I, I started owning like the fact that I am Asian American, and like embracing and that proud. more. Yeah, and proud, of course, and like proud to share, have that label, and just kind of owning it. Like I was saying, so yeah, yeah, I would say that's my my timeline of like growth and where I'm at right now. Mm.
1: Well, for me, mm-hmm. um, for. Uh, When I was younger, I used to just say I was Japanese because Mm -hmm. I I wholeheartedly just felt Japanese just because of the way we grew up and the traditions that we had and um, just kind of, like, what our family practiced. I just always was like, yeah, I'm Japanese. And I never, like, thought of anything else. Because when you're younger, you don't actually care about, like, if you're mixed or what you are or what you look like. No one cares about that stuff, really. Um, So I would just be like, yeah, I'm I'm Japanese. And then when I got to middle school, that's where a lot of people started being, where I consciously realized a lot of people were like, what are you? You know, that ominous question, what are you? Mm-hmm. Which I hate. Every mixed person hates that question because it's like, I could answer that. I'm a Libra. I'm a girl. I'm like you can answer it in so many different ways, and it's like it's it's just a dumb question, and so I kept getting that a lot, and I was like, "What is this about?" And I was like, and I would be like, "Oh yeah, well, I'm also my mom's German, Scottish, and Welsh," and just it was almost like an afterthought because it didn't feel like important for me to say that, right? And I think it's because you know when people look at anybody, they're immediately trying to put them in a box. Yes. to figure out how they're going to relate to them and how they're going to like, interact
0: with them. Well, who, how can I categorize this person? Yeah, so I can so figure out crazy. what I'm going to actually talk to them about. Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah, like, have you ever, like, have you ever told somebody you're Filipino and someone just been like, oh, you know what? I used to date a Vietnamese girl. Yes.
0: And you're like, it's like, what is okay, that and. <laughs> <laughs> or, or even <laughs> if it does have to do with being Filipino, they're like, oh, I really love Lumpia and I love it, and i have had lechon before and i'm like like naming different foods that they've had and i'm like what i'm like what do you want me to say like congratulations was it yummy like <laughs> yeah i mean the food thing i can
1: i mean as a foodie I, i'd be like yeah it's so good but it it wouldn't always strike me to say something like that yeah and um it's just because so people kept would keep asking me like what are you so then i was just like And that was around the time where the hormones start and you're trying to figure out who you are as a person and what you like and what you don't like. And I was just like, I'm like, who am I? And that's where you start gearing towards the groups that you feel like you fit in the most with Mm -hmm. and where you're, where you're kind of feeling, you're just almost in limbo floating around. So I was in my limbo phase. And so during that time, I actually hung out with so many Hispanic people and so many like people, other people of color. I mean, I had some friends who were white, but then I ended up, it was like really weird the way uh, just, I'm not saying it was because they were white or anything, but just those friendships didn't end up working out. It was, it was just, they weren't great people for me. Mm, So, you know, I was trying to figure out who I was and then that's when I would just be like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm half Japanese. And then I just kind of leave it like that. And then when I hit college, that's where I was really trying to really come into my own. And, yeah. you know, I've really had like a stronger sense of who I was as a person. Like finding and that's where a I was
0: tribe
1: like, and yeah, exactly. And just being like, okay, Oh, oh I'm, I'm Japanese, German, Scottish, and Welsh, And that's when I really started to say I'm a multiracial Asian. Um, and in these last like four years, I've really, um, I've always, like, I was always proud to be Asian American, for sure, because I always felt that I brought a unique perspective to the table that wasn't ever really talked about. Yeah. But now now in the last few years, I'm really proud to be, like, a mixed, multiracial Asian, like, yeah. to the fullest Ooh. and talking about <laughs> that experience. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's so important. Awesome. It is so important. It is so important to, to like, especially in our society, where it's kind of, like, if you if you accept yourself and you like love yourself and who you are just as is, it's like you're going against everything society's telling you to do. It's like, oh, you should be prettier, you should you should modify yourself, you should edit yourself and and subscribe to this and subscribe to that and then you'll be accepted. But it's like if you are already accept yourself, you like throw that all out the window. And you're like actually exactly. Actually no. Like I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to create my own box and check that because I'm not going to subscribe to, you know, what you think it, I should be. Yeah.
1: What you think the standard categories are because,
0: right? you
1: know, with those standard categories comes those standard stereotypes. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's why, again, I'm going to bring back to my girl, Awkwafina. It was so important to see someone like her for me because I am so like her. In a lot of ways, and mm-hmm. you know that's not the typical image of what an Asian girl is supposed to be, you know, mm-hmm. and especially in this country. So, I, and yeah. a lot of people don't understand why that's so important because in in your minds, you can now be like, it's okay for me to be this way and to express myself this way because this is how I want to be. But society and my Asian family are telling me I got to express myself a different way, but right. I don't want to do that.
0: Right. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yourself. So so, right.
1: Yeah, so um, I know you you want to talk about feminism a little
0: bit. Yeah, I wanted to talk about like you say you mentioned you're a feminist, but like I wanted to talk about how it's different for us, I guess. Like how is how is being Asian American or mixed or whatever how is that different for us compared to I guess like white feminism.
1: Well, I just think the word is intersectionality, Um, just because we're already intersectional as is, because we already got to talk about not only our representation for women, but we got to talk about our Asian representation, but then Mm -hmm. we also got to talk about being a mixed Asian. (laughs) Yeah. And you have to understand racial power hierarchy in this country, you have to understand why representation is important. You have to understand discrimination, colorism. You have to understand all of this stuff to even delve into those three topics. Yes. And when you throw feminism in the loop, it's just a, a completely different, completely 100% intersectional experience. And I think white feminism is actually a little bit more detrimental to the, the movement I think than so anything too. else. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have, you can't just talk about the white woman experience. You have to talk about the other classifications and their experiences within feminism. And you know what's crazy? I actually looked up and uh, on Urban Dictionary, it came up like these crazy definitions for, um, feminism. And, um, oh, let me see if I can pull it up right now because I just got to read this. On where? Urban Dictionary has some oh. like, like clearly
0: made by men definitions. Oh and gosh, it's nuts! Um, of course, it's, of see. course, a guy was just like, "Oh, this is what feminism is." Like, get out of here! <laughs> yeah,
1: I know. It's like so nuts. Let me just see. Okay, so this one says: Judging by what it does, feminism is a movement that seeks superior rights and privileges for women uh, while hiding under the guise of equality. Feminists uh, tend to claim that their movement is about "quote unquote" equality, and often use the dictionary definition as proof. But the thing is that what the dictionary says and what feminism does are two completely different things. Underscore: Actions speak louder than words. Therefore, feminism feminism should uh, be judged by what it does instead of by what the book says. And the, through its actions, the feminist movement has constantly shown that it isn't about equality, but it's actually about female supremacy and misandry, skewed the system in women's favor, seeking superior rights and privileges for women, demonizing men and boys. It's very obvious obvious that equality is nothing more than a mask that the feminist movement uses to conceal
0: its feminist supremist, and anti-male agendas. Oh my god, literally my mouth was like, open the whole time like, what?
1: I literally read that and I was like,
0: Bro. I cannot deal with that.
1: You know what? <sighs> he was probably, he's probably a dude that's like, I'm a nice guy and I keep getting friend zoned. One of those guys, you know? It's
0: like, uh, did
1: you ever think why? <laughs> yeah. And then there's this other one that says feminism. is a radical notion that men are not people. I'm like,
0: oh nice. my god. Like, why is this, why are they making it about them? It's so nuts it's, oh, it's, it's literally so nuts. It's like, are you serious right now?
1: Yeah. And it's like, okay, let's actions do speak louder than the words. Let's look at some of the reasons why people are upset about treatment towards women. Um, but um, wow. oh, this one also says females who claim that anything sexist against women is harassment. Meanwhile, they can be sexist every moment of every day.
0: Okay, <laughs> like,
1: what? I'm so crazy. Um, but I think, yes, like, white feminism tends to be more detrimental because I think when people talk about the man-hating feminism, they're talking about white feminism. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. And I think as an AAPI and as a mixed AAPI, our experience is just more inter- intersectional, like I said, because we have to understand different components in the first place. Mm-hmm. And I think because I'm mixed, I'm a lot more analytical about, about when I look at an experience, I'm super analytical about it. Cause you just, I've just seen microaggressions my whole life. So I'm able to be like, okay, what was that about? What was that about? this is that, this is why this is different and I think that's why when it comes to feminism the, the voice coming from the people of color is so critical mm. because we have that extra analytical depth to it
0: hmm. yeah I could see that I think it's like it's like it's combining like white privilege and feminism which is like it's it's I don't know how to explain it or it's like you have to check that when you get into feminism because feminism not only applies to white women, it applies to all of us, yeah, you have to think about as a, as women how
1: our experiences vary on this range of sexism,
0: yeah, like I remember even um Susan B Anthony who was like a huge suffragist like she even had there was like some crazy quote where she was like I'd rather cut off my arm than have the have the vote go to black women or the negroes or some some crazy quote like that oh. and i was like that just shows like the even the roots of something that you want to support like us actually getting the right to vote as women it's tainted and you're just like, damn. Exactly. And, and
1: I think the biggest thing that we have to do, if we're going to really talk about feminism and like why intersectionality is important and what needs to change about the way that it's being advocated is first of all, I know you posted that stat on, um, like who voted racially for yeah. Ted Cruz or uh, O'Rourke in Texas mm-hmm. and the caption for whoever you shared that from said <laughs> white women white women Yeah. <laughs> y'all got to y'all got to really check that. It's that, too that, real because what that means.
0: It's too real. Yeah, you're totally right. Cuz it's like even even in terms of like women who voted for trump and are like now regretting it do have you heard that story where it's like oh i didn't realize like it would be like this blah blah blah. it's like girl he didn't have our back from jump so it's like what did you expect him to do when he became president
1: (laughs) you know a lot of people were like say Trump just says the things he says and does the things he does because he's trying to appeal to the GOP and he was trying to get their vote, but he doesn't actually think that. And I was like, where, where is that? Like, where's your logic for that argument? Because I'm just, yeah, before he even ran for president, he was a pig and he was rude. And he said like, just dumb things. And now that he is president, it's not like he can just flip the script. He's got a, Politics, I don't care what anyone says, politics is all about compromising on your own beliefs and what you're willing to maybe let slide. And he has to stick to the image that he was running with, or else he's going to lose people that were on his side for certain things.
0: Right, totally.
1: So him getting elected literally was was worse than anything because regardless of, they're like, it's not his actual beliefs. I was like, I'm going based off what he says and what he's doing.
0: Yeah. Not so, off anything else.
1: Yeah. So, so why, why do you think it's okay for you to have that argument? And it's mostly not having that argument anyway. So,
0: mhm. yeah, it's insane. Mhm. Yeah.
1: The world we live in,
0: the world we live in, but I feel like it's it's gonna start to change because of like what even just having this conversation right now is radical because at some at one point we weren't allowed to you know what I mean and mm-hmm. the fact that we have we're like in this information age where like it, everything is at our fingertips um, it just makes it easier for us to connect with each other and learn more you know even though on the on the flip side it does, also ha- have the ability for us to come at each other <laughs> and yeah. and like have the opposite effect, I think we gotta flip it around, you know? Because I always say this where it's like I did get, when I first started Yellow Ranger and before I started the podcast, I, I did get a lot of racist stuff against Trump followers, especially around the election and a lot of racist things, a lot of negative comments and...
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, and... People ask me, like, how did you deal with that? And, like, I still get them to this day. And,
1: oh, I do too, girl. Like, some of the things people have the audacity to say is crazy. You have to be really strong if you're going to, you know, talk about
0: race and talk about
1: race, politics. Yeah. You, you, to even put your opinions on, you have to have a really strong backbone because you get some of the craziest comments. And even yeah. on Mixed Presence, where I expect to find allies, mm-hmm. some of the stuff I post is, like when I posted about Nicki Minaj and cultural appropriation when she did chun Lee.
0: Yes. Talk about it. My, I
1: was, I literally was like, uni- I literally was like, read caption first. Like, I don't, have an issue with her representing a character because I know Chun-Li is a character. Right. But what that's... I have an issue is mm-hmm. with is she, you know, everyone's like, she's Asian. She can do what she wants She's do. She can do what she wants. I was like, oh, yeah, she conveniently claims to be Asian, though no one can agree what she actually is. I've heard she's Indian. I've heard she's Japanese. I've heard she's Chinese. Like, what I've is she I've heard a
0: actually? lot, too. Like, who knows? Yeah,
1: I'm like, and she doesn't even really represent that. Like, she doesn't rock that. She doesn't
0: claim it. You know what I mean? And that's kind of the problem for me personally. But yeah, yeah.
1: And it's like, if you are Asian, why on earth did you take every single watered down white, like, Uh watered down Asian? factor you could think of at, for this performance and just use that as your representation. Ugh, I know what I have a problem with is when people like they claim she's Asian yet. So she has the right to take all these different things from all these different countries yeah. that, that and just put them together. Every movie. yep, Yeah. And that don't even get represented correctly.
0: Boil it down to like a performance. And just pick yes. all the elements that you think are cute. Yep. Totally. exactly. Yep. Like don't,
1: don't, don't do that. I mean, I appreciated <laughs> that she had Asian dancers and stuff like that. That's great. But
0: right, the problem right. is,
1: and then how many people went completely overboard into the same thing when they did the Chun Li challenges on Instagram?
0: Uh, yeah. That was like Like, don't don't put chopsticks in your hair. Don't do it. Uh, that's not
1: That's not what any Asian does. No. no Asian I've does never that. seen that. Like no oh. no one does that. They're I know. hair sticks and they're used as a decoration and it's not They're it's not, not chop
0: chopsticks. <laughs> it's
1: so gross.
0: It is. It is. And it's it like, is. She,
1: yeah, and and literally they're like tell me the character like it's okay for her to represent that. And I was like, "You know what?" Nicki Minaj, it's not based, based off what I'm hearing she's 116th Asian and any mm-hmm. black person if a white girl was like I'm 116th black every black person's like she's not really black she's not really black mm-hmm. and I guess the I get the difference because it's a white girl versus black people and the power hierarchy there but because but for me the problem is they're like Asians and black people exist on a similar plane so there's no one group that has power over the other, but what I disagree with that is the fact that whenever I've tried to talk about my experience and my racial experience or my father's racial experience as an Asian mm-hmm. in America,
0: yeah,
1: it gets shut down by a lot of Black people for not being relevant or not being necessary to talk about. So wow. we don't even get a place at the racial conversation table, That's much insane. less like, our experiences even get talked about. So that's mm-hmm. where I have a problem because because they're not talking about, because they think that we don't even deserve to be talking about it. And this is from my own experiences in my life. I've deduced this. Um, there is kind of a hierarchy there because we're talking about what's more relevant and what's more important to talk about. Right. And I remember I was so annoyed because there was one week where people just kept using the word "jack." Like to describe me, and I would have to correct them and be like, "Don't use that word." And I was just getting annoyed because I was just tired of like mm-hmm. having to say it, and because no one's talking about it. And so I went on Facebook and I made a post, and I had visual aids and pictures from World War II. I was like, "Google Japanese discrimination during World War II." Saying the word "Jap" is not correct. It, to us, it is the equivalent of using the word redskin or using the word or using the N word or anything right. like that. And I had a girl who claimed to be an intersectional feminist mm-hmm. who was black and Native American girl who I was really good friends with at the time that I'm not really friends with anymore. She was like, well, it's not the same thing. You can't really compare them because it's, they don't have the same history of xenophobia in America and basically was explaining all the reasons i was like what are you saying i'm saying why not to use the word Jap. i'm not saying Mm -hmm. that we had a worse experience than anybody else i'm saying why this is relevant to me you are not asian and you are not japanese so So how can you say you yeah exactly you can't tell me how to feel about that yeah you don't know it's so you don't know because it's not talked about In America in the first place. At least people know not to use the N-word. I mean, yeah, there's issues with that, and we can talk about that in a separate category. And I'm not saying that that is not a big issue or anything like that. And the fact that I even have to say all of this to defend myself is, like, nuts, because people Mm -hmm. will take that out of context. But it's the fact that you are telling us, you as people of color who are supposed to be allies for us Mm -hmm. in this country— are telling me that my own experiences as an Asian American do not matter because you think that takes away from talking about your own experience.
0: That's insane. If, have you ever that? Um, Like, you mean like someone telling you about your culture? Yeah.
1: Yeah, or telling
0: you that you can't
1: feel as offended because it's not the same thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like... I I was having this debate with somebody about the term chink oh. and, and how it's like, you know, obviously super problematic. And someone was saying how it's like the equivalent of the N-word. And I was like, I'm not going to say that because obviously both words have are super weighted and have so much history behind them. And I'm not going to equate it to anything else, but it's like what it's like, because it reminded me what you just said, how it's like the equivalent of like red skin or something like that, which I think is valid. But, um, like the discussion came from that where it was just like, I'm not comparing the two, but you're not going to tell me that this word is wrong. It's not wrong. Especially since it doesn't
1: actually apply to you as a person.
0: Yeah, and you've never felt the repercussions of somebody calling you that. So it's like, what are you getting at here?
1: exactly and even using the word chink is so frequently used like i one of my friends was out to dinner with me and like it's not that she's like rude or ignorant like she if you, if i correct her like she's like i'm sorry i didn't even mean it like that and mm-hmm. like she's definitely someone who's receptive of that education but she, we were out at dinner with my mom and like dad at, we were at a taco spot and um she we were talking about eye shapes we were talking mm-hmm. about the difference between me and my little sister's eye shape we were talking about why she looks more asian mm-hmm. and she was she was like, yeah, her eyes do look a little bit more chinky. And mm-hmm. I literally was, and luckily my dad, like no one really was like caught it. But I literally was like, I texted her. I was like, maybe, maybe not use that word. Or I said, like, don't, don't like, let's not use that word or whatever. And I know that they don't mean it, but it's just like when people thought that I was Japanese and they were like, oh, so you're a Jap. I would be like, oh, no. uh, <laughs> Like literally, I was. They were like, "Oh, I thought it was just like a shortened way to shortened way to say." It. I was like, "Why do you need to shorten it? Like, the word's not even that long. Why do you need to it's shorten even... the word?"
0: <laughs> it's so it's, true. It's like, why are you short? Like, you're so right.
1: Yeah, there's no like no reason to do that. Like, Japanese isn't that long of a word. Japan is not that long of a word. It's five letters, and like we don't we don't shorten like. Like, like, what else do you even shorten that would even make sense in that context? We don't do that for anything else.
0: Yeah.
1: So why do Tell that for it. a Japanese person? Yeah. It's, I think it's so important to have conversations like this because yeah. even though, like, maybe you and I aren't the same mixes or anybody listening could be, like, mm-hmm. half black or half white or not even mixed at all or just a person of color, we have a lot of the same experiences. Yeah maybe they're a little bit different in terms of factor, but it's a lot of the same experiences and it's a lot of the same feelings.
0: Of course. um, Within ourselves. Yeah.
1: And I think that's why the conversations are so important. And that's why it's important to, to listen to other people when they talk about
0: their own experiences because and to validate it. Yeah. mm -hmm, Because,
1: I, I don't want to compare words, but when I had, I felt the need to have to say using the word "jap" is like using the N word or using the term "redskin" because because I needed people to understand the significance right. of what that feels like, and some people need a comparison to really feel how someone's
0: feeling. Hmm. Yeah. Totally. Because it's like because yeah. Go yeah. On.
1: Yeah, well, I was just going to say because, I mean, a lot of Asian Americans aren't talking about, weren't talking about their experiences as loudly as they should be. Yeah. So, I agree. We almost have to, yeah, like we have to be louder for them. And we have to almost be like, how can I get other people to relate to this?
0: Yeah. I totally agree with you. And I feel like we touched on a lot of awesome points, especially about like the mixed. Asian experience like what it's like to be feminist and all that kind of stuff so thanks so much for doing this it really means a lot I feel like we had a really dope conversation and like I know I hope it's not (laughs) the last girl no it's dope like we talked about so much I feel like I learned a lot from you too just like certain points that you made really hit home I was like wow I never thought about it like that you know and it's like
1: yeah I think it's so important. That's why these conversations are important because when you, when the conversations didn't exist in the first place, we have no reference point. So until someone says it out loud, we're like, we're not like when we hear it out loud, we're like, Oh, you're right. That is, yes. that is a feeling. That is something. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, regardless of what kind of Asian you are, I'm sure we've had the same experiences. Like, there's almost, I like to call them Asian racist passages in America, where people accuse you of eating dog or eating cat, uh, goat. So yeah, or annoying. Yeah, um, they talk about just anything with their eyes, or they pull their eyes into a slant, or anything like that. Um, guys call you Ling Ling or your Wu-Tang like I can't <laughs> I give any guy ever was like you're my Wu-Tang I would be like you shut the fuck
0: up <laughs> i would be like I'm not sure nothing bye <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah so yeah thanks again so much we definitely gotta do this again I feel like wh- like whatever topic comes across your mind let me know because I'm always looking for new things to talk about and new things to air it out about on this show oh yeah
1: we should do another one girl it was a great conversation
0: it was really dope I really really appreciate you taking the time um and doing it so yeah yeah
1: next time you're around the city make sure you let me know
0: I will I will maybe around the holidays but um because my boyfriend usually goes home and his birthday is like around Christmas so I usually head over to Worcester so maybe we could link up Hell yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: There's lots of there's lots of dope places here to eat to although there's a lot of dope places in New York too. So Yeah,
0: yeah. So yeah, if you're ever in New York too, we should definitely link up. For sure, of course, of course. I can't I'm definitely one of those
1: people once I like meet somebody regardless, I like to stay in contact with them. Yeah, of course. Especially if you're finding people that you vibe with, like it's so important.
0: It is so important. And like and like to be on the same page about the stuff that we're on the same page about is so rare. You know? And like to have the open conversation where it's like, it's totally cool to just like, you know, talk about these things. It's like really. Exactly.
1: Especially since like maybe we have similar experiences, but it's not the exact same, but it's all rooted in the same, you know, base of you know feminism and prejudice Mm -hmm. and racism and you know having parents who come from another country and
0: things like that yeah like what our parents went through exactly so it's cool to see different perspectives for sure yeah hell yeah yeah so thanks again oh um should i say my like social media yeah yeah yeah, i was gonna say um where can we find you where what should we follow what's coming up for you all that kind of stuff
1: uh, so my main page is Asian underscore SOF, no capital letters. Uh, Asian SOF, that's like totally my, my on
0: brand. <laughs> uh,
1: I also am admin on a page called Mixed Present, spelled exactly the way it sounds, no special symbols. Um, that is a page I admin with a, like, I think there's four other admins on there, um, and we're all multiracial mm-hmm. and we just, we talk, we're not like, a typical page where we just post pictures of pretty mixed people. We talk a lot about politics yeah. and we talk about a lot going on within our communities. Um, but it's really cool because we've got the Asian group represented. We have the black group represented. We have like, we're all mixed with white, I think. And then we also have the Hispanic group represented too. So we, we really, yeah. really did, Yeah. Greg really did a good job making sure we had diversified ourselves and made sure that we were hitting home for everybody and representing every mixed and every single person. And we also didn't want to be a page that just posted pictures of what pretty nice people look like. And we wanted to post, we post some of that stuff, but we also try to have more discussions and more just thought provoking posts Yeah, to get people to really um, connect with each other. And yeah. also, you know, just really talk about the issues of the community instead of just, I mean, we all know we're beautiful. Let's get a little deeper, you
0: know? yeah it's awesome. That's so dope. yeah I love that page because, like you said, it encompasses not just like one type of mix but like all the whole spectrum so oh, yeah and you yeah. and you and you yourself post some really like woke stuff too, so that's so def- guys definitely follow her and mix present um on Instagram and all that.
1: Yeah, good stuff coming up soon, for sure. Um, also, I want to say real quick, mm-hmm. um, when you said you were starting your podcast, I remember you put a post out, you were like, oh, like <laughs> who do you recommend to like be on the podcast? I so badly wanted to be
0: like, I want to be on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's so many people who messaged me and was like, can I do it? And I was like, totally. Because the whole point of it is to talk to Asian Americans from all different like walks of life so i was just like yeah totally like if you want to do it let's do it like i didn't discriminate with who who like reached out to me because i feel like we have to it has to be a a a true representation of like all the different kinds of asian americans you know
1: exactly and not even just asian americans just like all representation of all different kinds of experiences
0: exactly like for example my first one um my first episode damar is not asian but he totally I, i totally valued his opinion on how he viewed the asian community and like how he said like it even impacted him growing up as as guyanese so like even if you're not asian american or if you are asian american and you're out there and you're listening i'm totally down with having you share your experience on the show so hit me up yeah <laughs>
1: hopefully we do something again soon girl
0: yeah for we, sure. we, need to, we
1: need to do a project or something we need to collab
0: i know that would be so exciting yeah for sure you already know oh
1: yeah well, let's start brainstorming
0: yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> all right well i gotta get going because i got plans oh yeah I that's right talk to you. your lunch okay go enjoy thank you so much again all right bye girl have a good one okay bye you too so that was my episode with Sophie. I hope you enjoyed it. I loved how we touched on so many different things. Um, the, what it's like to be mixed. Um, what it's like to be Asian and mixed. Um, representation in the media. All of that good stuff. So I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I love to close out each episode with a self-care and self-love tip. And this episode is no different And especially it being May Which is Mental Health Awareness Month I feel like it's extra important To highlight these things um, And make sure you take care of yourself For this episode It's gonna get a little intense But my self-care tip Is to turn off the news You might be like why would I do that? I need to stay informed. I need to keep up with what's going on, especially in this current climate. I can't afford to miss anything that new that's going on, no matter how negative it is. But to which I say, yes, you can. <laughs> I know for me, I have to really take a step back, especially with number 45 and all of his antics. And the molar report and all that stuff, and really think about what I'm digesting and what kind of impact that's having on me. Um, sometimes we don't realize what what we're intaking has, like what kind of effect that has on us mentally, and that can manifest into physically. So I'm trying to really tailor the news sources that I choose and make sure that they are positive, that they're uplifting, that they're not biased, and that they're pretty neutral instead of other news outlets that are out there. So yeah, that's my self-care tip is to turn off the news every once in a while and really limit what you intake and just be realistic about what kind of impact that's having on you mentally and yeah that's all I got for you guys I hope you enjoyed this episode I know it's a longer one but it's definitely worth it and until next time bye